Welcome to today's program. This is Kennedy with Living on God's Word. Today we're going to be reading Romans chapter 9 from the Jesus Bible NIV edition. We're going to review a few key takeaways and we're going to end our session with a prayer. So let us get started. Paul's anguish over Israel. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. God's Sovereign Choice It is not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time I will return and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls. She was told, The older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What then should we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up by this very purpose, for I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, Then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Should what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purpose and some for common use? What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction? What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory? Even us, whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people, who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one, who is not my loved one. And in the very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, 
There they will be called children of the living God. Isaiah cried out concerning Israel, Though the number of the Israelites be like the sand by the sea, only the remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. It is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Israel's unbelief. What then should we say, that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith? But the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. And then one who believes in him will never be put to shame. This is the end of Romans chapter 9. So what do we see here? We basically see Paul in anguish, realizing that his very own people, the Jewish, his own race, is turned away from Christ, or has turned their hearts on their own away from Christ, in spite of the good news being brought to them. They reject it. They reject Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, you guys, through you, is where the promise came from. The promise to the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Our ancestry, the God's human ancestry, comes from the Jewish race. His heart is aching, but he realizes that God doesn't go by human ancestry. God doesn't go by lineage. And even we see that with Esau and, and Jacob. Esau was Isaac's firstborn. But instead, the promise is carried out through Jacob. And the same thing we see with Abraham. It is through Isaac. And that Ishmael, which was Abraham firstborn with Hagar, because the promise was given through Sarah. And so over and over again, God shows us that he's not concerned with human rules or direct physical descendants. Um, he's concerned about who he gives his promise to. And so the people of Israel is a people, a spiritual people, uh, not just a people of human descent or race or, or lineage. And so God can make um, Jews and Gentiles alike his descendants, his children. Then with the second thing we see here is that the question about, well, why would God then blame us? Um, if he's making all the decisions, then why, how are we held responsible? And again, we see that um, we don't get to question who God gives his mercy to or who God get, um, gives his wrath to. Because he's the potter. He makes us. He determines our purpose, not the other way around. But at the end of the day, we go back to Israel's unbelief. The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it through faith. The righteousness comes to them by faith. And the Jews who are stuck in their works will never achieve righteousness. They have missed the mark. Their works would never ever 
make them righteous. They can never fulfill the law. They can never keep the law 100%. And so this is a bit the, the great tragedy that Paul um, experiences a lot of anguish over and tries his best to make sure that he can present the good news to his own race, uh, to the Jews, for which Jesus came first. Um, and then eventually he turns to the Gentiles, realizing God's ultimate purpose. So let us end with a short prayer. Father God, thank you once again for bringing the word to us, to bringing your, your word to our spirit, to our heart, speaking into, into us, into our lives every single day. Lord, we need to understand that it is not through our works. It is not through how much we learn in the Bible um, or what we do, how much we do. It is really through our simple faith in you, in your son Jesus, in his death on the cross, believing that at that moment he took the entire wrath of the human race upon himself, and that through that very action we died with him and we rose up again with him in spiritual and eternal life. And because of that we have been made righteous, because of that we're able to stand one day in front of you, Lord, and call you our Father. So thank you again, Father God, and we just praise you in your son's Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes today's reading and interpretation of Romans chapter 9. We hope that you will join us again tomorrow. God bless you. This is Kennedy, your brother in Christ, always.